Divine Truth Events. These are events and presentations by Jesus and Mary. This presentation is part of the God's Way of Love series and is an introduction to God's Way of Love organization, presented by Jesus and Mary, held on the 20th of March, 2011, in the town of Mergen, Queensland, Australia. This is part one. We're going to actually, the reason why we're starting to experiment a bit with computer setup and so forth is because in a bit longer term we're going to consider podcasting our seminars to the internet, which means basically that people overseas can actually uh, enjoy them live as well. So, uh, video as well as audio, hopefully, in the end. We're also hoping, uh, we have, we're looking at some software that allows us to actually record while the seminar is happening. So that means that instead of having to upload camera files and download camera files and work on these camera files, it takes a lot of time to produce a DVD, uh, sometimes in between 10 to 20 hours for each master. Um, we can actually have almost the master complete by the time the, the presentation is finished. And there's just a few extra details that need to be added. And so we hope to actually have the masters done within a few days of the presentation. And then, of course, we send them away to get printed. So there's quite a lot of those things that we're working together on uh, as a project team. At the moment, as you know, nearly every talk from last year has not been mastered uh, as yet. And Igor has been working really hard on creating those masters for you all so you can review the very full year that it was last year at Budgeton. As a result of that, Eagle is pretty much working full-time for nothing at this point. Um, and, and he, uh, like, uh, on the net, we want to give you an opportunity to donate to, to Igor and Nina for the time. They're spending all of their time doing these things. They're not uh, working as a result. And uh, it's taking our, well, Eagle's in his passion, so often he's working 16 <laughs> hours a day sometimes. Uh, doing different things and uh, and what we'd like to do is give you an opportunity to donate to them on the side as well. So so just be mindful that there's people, uh, aside from Igor too, and that I'll be adding onto the website who are spending almost all of their time doing different things and we'd like to give you an opportunity to to uh, honour honor their contribution uh, personally rather than that coming directly to us. And, uh, and that's what we want to do on the website as well over the coming few months. And I think that's most of the... You talked about the two DVD sets Yeah, yeah. Yep. Melbourne, presentation, can you rubbed off. We were just going to ask how everyone's feeling today after our talk yesterday. feel how once you start recognising the addictions you have in play, particularly the ones with spirits, how instantly the spirits up the ante. And that's what's happened to you from yesterday to today. The spirits have automatically upped the ante with you and actually began to project at you all of those threatening and blackmailing type emotions that they have uh, to prevent you from getting rid of the addictions you have. So they, they have a heavy investment in you not dealing with those addictions. As a result, many of you feel quite suppressed today. 
and that is their um, influence upon you. So my suggestion is just to have a little prayer to God about releasing yourself, even if it's temporarily, from that influence before we get started on this talk discussion today. Uh, this discussion today, though, is going to be uh, probably what you would deem to be more positive than yesterday, <laughs> uh, because we're talking about some future directions. Does that make sense? And one of the beautiful things that I received a channeling recently from my guides talking about spirit influence, and they said that a huge protector from spirit influence is when you connect with your pure passion and desire. You know, it's very hard for someone to influence you away from something that you feel really passionate and excited about, isn't it? So um, that's the beautiful thing about launching a new organisation is that we're going to give you guys lots of opportunity to step into your desires and passions in harmony with love. That makes sense? So that's what our discussion about is about today, the God's Way of Love organisation. And what I, what I wanted to do first is give you all a bit of background about its creation, I suppose. Um, for, for, from the time that I... Don't you want to ask a question? Uh, perhaps if, oh, sorry, I haven't handed out the mics yet to... Uh, that's all done? Okay, no worries. Um, so just a question for David. If we can... Leave your hand up Can I just ask you a question about yesterday? Yep. Um, you mentioned that one of the hardest things for us to give up is our self-reliance, which goes back many generations. Yeah, that's generally. That's not you. <laughs> for you, David, you're always relying on everybody else and to give you answers and therefore you're almost disclaiming any personal responsibility. And because of that, uh, you often are under heavy spirit influence because they are always trying to tell you what to do, where to go, what to do here. And you're constantly seeking other people to tell you what your desires and what your passions are. And as I said to you yesterday, the thing for you specifically to focus on is why don't you want to embrace your own passions and desires without finding out from somebody else what they are? Does that make sense? Because all that does is place you in the control of other people. You know, they, they can make suggestions to you that you then follow. Yeah. And that's how the spirits manipulate you to a, to a large degree. Because you're so willing to disclaim any personal responsibility in the process. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. thank you. Good. Is there any other questions about yesterday? Alex? Um, can I just specifically say some of the, the, the evictions that are, that are going on? For um, who? For all of us. And there's a specific group of spirits that I've become aware of. Who, yeah. um, one, all of us, I've just got a lot of fear, sorry, because they yeah. actually want to kill me now. Yeah. And um, um, they want to be talking to us. Um, to get to other people on the path, yeah. um, to take us off the path, and they'll do anything um, to hook us into addictions, or um, in my case, um, they project um, like all sorts of things at me through other people to get me to try and become angry, yeah. or because I'm not um, outwardly projecting that anymore, or uh, they just want to basically cause mayhem. Yeah. Between us all. Yeah. Yeah. 
so you know, they do specific things like um, with some of the ladies, you know, they give them um, visions of, of, a, of someone on the path and give them strong sexual emotions and to hook them up with that person. Yep. Um, and often... And by the way, that's not just the ladies. Yeah, no, 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 no yeah. to me as well. Um, there's um, just so many things going on in regards to that. People have been told they're soulmates when they may or may not be um, to get them into addictions. Um, anything to get people off the path, basically. Yep. Can, can I... Um, uh, can we say to prevent people's connection with God, This uh, on the path, off the path, I find it a little um, uh, exclusive or a little group mentality, you know? I, I feel that... We want that, to talk about that today. Yeah. Um, uh, not to shut down what you're saying at all, Alex, but no, just I, like, I feel that um, there's a real tendency to go, yeah, we're on the path, yeah, yeah. we're on the path. No, off the path. Yeah, we're off the path. The truth is that pretty much everyone in addiction's off the path, even when we're thinking about it, right? So what, do we, what do we mean by the path? We just mean our relationship with God, hey? Yeah. And, and I, I'm pretty big on God at the moment, so yeah, yeah. Like, I like to refer to it as... What's preventing my connection with God? The problem is saying on the path, off the path, is it almost creates an exclusivity in, in the group. And what we want to do is say, no, no, this is about, there's, there's people who want to have a relationship with God. And, and those people who want to have a relationship with God are being influenced away from that relationship. There are people who want to have a relationship with their soulmate. And many of you who want to have a relationship with soulmate are being influenced away from that relationship through all of these different things. There are people who want to practice love and many of you are being influenced away from practicing love by the spirits who are, who are influencing you and trying to stir trouble. As you develop, the ante is upped. Does that make sense? And therefore, as the ante is upped, so, so therefore, the attack from the spirit world trying to bring it back down is, is upped as well for a period of time until such a time as your addictions are no longer in play. Now once your addictions are no longer in play, it's impossible then to influence you away from your relationship with God, away from desiring your soulmate, away from being loving to other people all the time. But while the addictions are in play, it's totally easy, it's so easy to be manipulated by any event and situation around you into becoming unloving and therefore stagnating. Remember I gave the talk about um, what happens during the course of the average day? Remember that and how I said for most of us we're loving for a period of time, then we're unloving for a period of time, and unloving for a period of time, loving, unloving, unloving. And by the end of the day, what's happened is we've, we've not changed very much in terms of our, our love, and therefore we haven't grown very much. Now, if we avoid these down times, and I don't mean down in terms of depression or emotion, I mean down in terms of how unloving we're being, right? and if we avoid how unloving we're being by noticing it before we go and act upon it, then what happens is we have less down times and more up times in terms of how we're acting lovingly. By the end of the day, we end up a much more loving person than when we began at the start of the day. These spirits have no desire for you to actually do that. 
They have a desire for you to go through today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the same way, every day, feeling like you're dealing with things, but because we're still being quite unloving through our addictions, also harming ourselves and others in the process. And that's what they want you to do. So by the end of the day, you're still at the same condition. And for some of you, you're actually getting worse condition by doing this process. And that's no good. Right? So we want, to, we want to grow, not, not go downhill. So this is why we need to be very conscious about our addictions. Does that make sense? Is there any more? So, so Alex, is there any more you wanted to say about that? Like, um, not really. I completely agree with you, Mary. Like, um, I actually feel at the moment we're a little bit being quite arrogant as a group in um, regards to being on the path. So. And it really bothers me um, a lot. And I have tried to write about it in my blog. Um, like, we're not the only people on earth who want a relationship with God. And we're not the only people on earth who want to be more loving. We're following a teaching because we believe this is the way to do it the best. But when we start to feel like, you know, we're the only ones connecting to God and we're the only ones who are loving and they're on the path and they're off the path, to me, it just feels very unloving. And it's also creating divisions between us and the rest of the world. And love doesn't do that. Uh, and so it is something concerning that I talk about often with people. And it comes, guys, from an emotional injury within us. I want to feel like I belong. I want to feel like I want to fit in. Some of you guys with the camera crew here, I've observed you like almost trying to convert it. And where does that come from? That comes from the feeling that I don't want you to feel like I'm different from you. I don't want you to expose me in some way that might not be pleasant to the rest of the world. You know, it comes from, not from a loving thing that you want them to share in something joyful that you've gained. It comes from a fear. If you really loved, you'd go, hey guys, nice to meet you. Welcome. You know? Isn't that the loving stance? If we're going to respect everyone's free will and their desires, the, the actual thing that drives us to want people around us like us is a huge fear, really. It's an error, it's an injury, it's something we've carried a lot of us, a lot of our life, feeling different and excluded. But when we, when we heal that, we won't be afraid of that anymore. And I think that kind of leads into what we're going to talk about today, which is, it's about starting this organisation. But it's not starting a community. It's not starting a little sanctuary. It's not starting a separateness where we can all feel like safe and belong and avoid all of our fears. It's actually about stepping into what does it mean to walk this path every day? What does it mean to live in my passions every day? And how do I demonstrate that to the rest of the world? What does that actually look like? And I can tell you, it doesn't look like all of us just hanging out and like on one little property singing Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the wave to come. No, it's about stepping out in your passion. Stepping out and going, hi world, this is me and I want to share who I am, you know? Not out of, like, you must listen to me. Out of, I have, you know, I feel loving towards everyone. She's pulling my clothes apart now. So <laughs> when she gets enthusiastic. This is why I started with the golden and italicy of my blog. There was one message she typed, it was all bold and italic, and it was just, it was all the emphasis. <laughs> 
the, uh, I was just thinking though too, another purpose for the organisation really is to serve mankind. Yeah, and this is something that, you know, to, to serve a person, you have to love them. You know, if you, if you don't love them, it's very, very hard to serve them. And, and this is where we need to develop not only love for each other, love you know, in terms of developing our ability to receive love from God, but we also need to develop in our love of mankind and how much love we have for everyone else and how much care we have with them as well. And, and if we uh, don't develop in those areas, then obviously the point to it all is lost in a lot of ways, isn't it? Because without the love being expressed, we are no different than any other person. Really. That's how, that's how we, we become different through God's love, is by becoming a person who's an example in life. And so that's one of the purposes of the organisation, is to help every single person who wants that assistance to, to, to develop further in love. That's the whole purpose of it. And for me, the feeling of love inspires service. It does inspire wanting to serve others, which is very different from wanting to uh, convert others. There's a very different feeling involved in that. There's a feeling of, I want to give a gift. It doesn't matter how it's received, and it doesn't matter what you feel or what you believe, I want to give a gift. Because that's what receiving God's love motivates us to do. Can you see why in the first century the people that surrounded us were often called the sinners of the world? Because often they were the people who they, they desired assistance and so they attracted us to give that assistance. Does that make sense? It's just quite that simple. And if you love them, you will give them that assistance. It's quite simple. And so if, if we can all develop that, that would be a lovely trait to develop. Is that really loud noise now, isn't it? You guys hear it? Yeah. yeah. It's a whizzing. Some kind of wind it's thing it is. It's in the ceiling. This is not our sound system. And what, uh, so what I'd like to do is give you a little bit of background perhaps. Uh, when I first realised who I was, um, a whole lot of information flooded to me uh, about um, our memories, not only our memories of our life in the first century, but also our memories of, of our life in the spirit world, and also um, the memories of our plans that we had for, uh, of, of what we wanted to do before we came to Earth again. And what, what those memories, they came to me over a period of a number of months, uh, just as I let go of more and more emotion, and as I allowed the process to continue, those memories just flowed, flowed to me. And I remembered, I remembered how many of us there were that returned, and I remembered a lot of other things like that. But in the process, I also remembered what we wanted to do on the earth when we came. And uh, as you can imagine, that was all quite confronting for a guy who uh, was quite uh, financially secure and uh, felt that he by now sorted out all of his problems in his life and he'll start to enjoy it, and then realising that actually, no, he'd barely begun that whole process of, of his emotional work, and not only that, not only he'd barely begun it, but on top of that, um, he had all of these feelings about what he wanted to accomplish that he felt at the time would, 
would uh, be quite confronting for everyone around him, which of course they were. Right? And so I had a lot of fear about actually talking about them openly, and even though I had all of these feelings inside of myself. Now many, many of you have the same kind of experiences with different things too, where you're afraid of talking about how you feel openly because of how you might be judged and so forth. But anyway, as I went through those memories, um, I noted down a lot of the, the details. And I knew eventually that I'd be setting up organisations or a group of organisations. If we could just close that properly for them. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that'd be great. And so we, we um, I had this whole concept, if you like, of eventually I'd be setting up some worldwide-based organisations. Uh, which would be what we're going to describe to you today. And I started to note down a lot of the things about those organisations and over the years, over the years since then, have noted down a lot of things about those, about memories that I had about what we wanted to accomplish. And a few months ago, um, I decided, well, it's time now. And the reason why I felt it's time now was because for the last six years, I've been really going around the world searching for people who were searching for truth. And once I find those people uh, who were searching for truth, the next step for me was to help them develop enough in love where they can receive direction, loving direction and truthful direction. Does that make sense? And now I feel there is at least a core group of people associated with divine love and divine truth on earth who are able and willing to receive that direction and also have demonstrated themselves through their life that they really want to embrace the truth that's been presented to them. And so now I feel that there's a number of you who are ready for the next phase, should we say. And this next phase is basically putting the things that you have learned over the period of years, some of you, for some of you it's been up to six years, and putting the things you have learned into practice in the world. In other words, becoming the lights shining to the world. And not in an arrogant way, not in a way that's a lacking humility, but rather a demonstration of humility to the world and a demonstration of love to the world. And so what I did uh, a few months ago was typed up what, I, now, what we're calling now the constitution of this organisation. Does that make sense? Many of you have now read that constitution of the organisation. What do you feel about the constitution itself? Awesome. You can make individual comments if you wish. <laughs> uh, Natalie, have you, have you read it? Yep. Yeah. Could you, somebody pass the mic to Um, I got six pages in and couldn't stop crying because I really felt from my heart that that's how the world should have been in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really excited to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Has anyone else? Raj, you want to I'm a bit close to the speaker there. I'd just like to say... Uh, it, it sort of appeared for us at Christmas time and we'd heard rumours about its presence. And when I saw it, um, for me, it's like a blueprint of how the world should be. And, uh, it touched my heart to the point where I felt that I, 
I really needed to be part of this. It's the most encompassing document I've ever yeah. I don't think it's going to be the most encompassing document you're ever going to read. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a great start. <laughs> but we've tried to incorporate as much as we possibly could into it at this point. That it still has some changes to make, which we'll be making over the current over the coming years. But at this stage, it's a fairly accurate reflection of what we want to establish now. And so that's the point, the point of it. The, so what we want to do today, the purpose of today, is to discuss with you the establishment of this organisation, if you like, and we want to also discuss with you um, sort of the underlying background of like what's going to happen in terms of its structure and why we're having to create an organisation, why, why don't we just do it in a disorganised fashion, and a number of other things like that we would like to answer for you. So feel free to ask any questions you have whatsoever about things today. And also feel free to ask, like, if you have a point of questions about what you should think should have happened, I'm perfectly happy to answer those kind of questions as well about the organisation. The outline for yesterday and today, by the way, are going to be both on the internet as well. So the outline for today's discussion will be on the internet once I get the new God's Way of Love site sorted, which I'm hoping will happen within the next four weeks. And uh, once that's happening, then you'll be able to actually download um, the stuff that we do with God's Way of Love as well. We've also developed a little system where we're going to have a little backpack full of sound recording gear, where when we're going over the property and talking to people about different things on, on properties, uh, that all of that gets recorded as well in video and eventually produced into DVDs and, and also downloaded onto the internet as well. So that way all of the teaching stuff that we do in practice finishes up getting uh, being able to be used and shared as a teaching tool for everyone else. So there's quite a lot of things we have planned and we've spent quite a lot of time in the last six months trying to set these things up with, so, that, so that they can happen. So, myself and Mary have been very busy in the last six months, um, even though you've not heard much from us. And that's normally the case when, when my head's down, my bum's up, normally that means, <laughs> and I'm quiet, <laughs> that usually means a lot's getting done behind the scenes. Now, what we'd like to do is discuss with you the, the reasons for the organisation a bit as well, and, and other things. Now, we have an outline that uh, we have that uh, Mary's going to keep me online with because uh, there's a fair bit to cover and, and it's not the kind of, and some of it's details that I need to give to you that don't flow easily from my soul and so therefore we need a note <laughs> to cover with it. And the first thing I'd like to say though is that um, in the spirit world the way everything happens is very different to the way everything happens here. In the spirit world, there, are, there is organisation. In fact, God is the most organised being in the universe. And in fact, you see that organisation every single moment of your lives, and everything that happens in your body is a result of God's organisation, along with everything that happens on this planet, along with everything that happens in the universe. Is naturally. Naturally, naturally. I'm not talking about what man creates, I'm talking about what God has created. Everything is organised. Absolutely everything. Why do you think there is such a thing as mathematics? 
Mathematics is God's creation of organization. And this is why mathematics is fascinating. Because mathematics contain the rules, if you like. A lot of the rules, even the rules of love, are contained mathematically within God's whole organization, if you can call it that. In other words, the universe is organized through these laws of mathematics that God's created. God is a supreme and very, very thorough organizer. Do you, do, do you get that? And, and if you can get that, you can understand the, the importance of organizing things. Now, who, has, who has resistance to organization and maths? Yeah. How, how many of you feel resistive to organizing, organization? Yeah. A lot of us have the feeling of rebellion as soon as we hear the word. Is that not the case? As soon as we hear something organized, oh, that's control, that's control, then. That's, you know, straight away, that's where we go with it. Well, God's entire universe is organized. You, you, it's impossible for you to break a law of God without there being some kind of organized response from the universe. God doesn't do it herself because she doesn't need to. She's already set up the laws, put them all in place to provide the correction. Let's look at, for example, the law of gravity. The law of gravity, which I've mentioned many times to you before because it's an easy law to illustrate, God set up that law. You look at the benefits to the law. The benefits are you don't fly off this planet that's travelling a thousand miles an hour in a circle. Because if, if you did the centrifugal force, the centrifugal force would, would just throw you off the planet. Right? Because it's spinning around. And if there was no gravity, you wouldn't even be able to stay on the planet. You wouldn't be able to build a home. You wouldn't be able to grow anything. You, in fact, you wouldn't survive very long at all. A few seconds and you'd be out into the outer atmosphere. And in fact, if there was no gravity, there wouldn't even be the atmosphere in the first place. So if you look at that law, it benefits us right across the board. It's one of God's organised laws. There are other laws too. There's a, there's a law of aerodynamics. Another law. Some laws are higher in their principle to others, and those laws govern the universe. And mathematics is behind every single law. How many of you like mathematics? A few of you? Well, a lot of you. Very good. One of the teams, the learning teams we'll be setting up, is going to be a mathematics team, both, both theoretical and applied. That's interesting in itself, isn't it? Like, that's one of the teams we want to set up. So there we have, we have God setting up this supreme amount of organisation. Now, in the spirit world, everything is also organised. Now, when you visit the hells of the spirit world, you wouldn't think so. The reason why you wouldn't think so is because everybody there wants to do their own thing. Nobody wants to practice love. So, so whenever you get a system where everybody wants to do their own thing and nobody wants to practice love and nobody wants to be in truth, then you have to, and we have created through our soul condition, a place where all the people who want to live like that live. And, and in the spirit world, we call that the hells. It's the first dimension, right? So it's the first sphere. Very disorganised place. Whenever you visit there, you'll see how disorganised it is. But that's not because of God's disorganisation. It's because of the soul condition of the individuals present not wanting to fit into God's organisation. Does that make sense? And God is so organised that God has organised a place for them to live. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so they can do that happily or unhappily as they so feel. Does that make sense? That's how organised God is. God's even organised a place for the disorganisation to occur without affecting the rest of the universe. That's how organised God is. And, and so what we want to do is mirror some of these principles from the spirit world. Now, as you go up in the dimensional spaces in the spirit world to the second sphere and the third sphere, everything becomes more and more organised. Now, that might sound like control, but it's not like that at all. The reason why it's organised is because every single person in these locations is more highly developed in love, and love dictates the organisation. So in other words, things can only happen when love is involved. Now by the time you reach the dimensional space of the eighth sphere, now everything you choose to do, and you have total free will to choose anything you wish to do, but everything you choose to do because of God's love being into, in you to the point where you are now at one with God, connected with God all the time, nothing you can do can damage anything. But, but you have free will. You can choose to do anything you wish. Now that is supreme organisation if you think about it. Love dictating the entire organisation. Does that make sense to you? If you can understand that it's love that is the rule of law, Love is the, is the law. So That's the important thing to understand. Can we give the example of a disorganised house? So, how does a house get disorganised? Who, like our house. Who lives mine. in a disorganised house? Who's the mother in the disorganised house? <laughs> I live in a disorganised house. You're coming out and look at our house at the moment. It's a very disorganised house. We were doing a lot of things to set up this this weekend, and so our house is just like covered and littered with sound gear and recording equipment and uh, cables and everything. Anyway, go on. Um, help me out with my, uh, with your analogy. my analogy. Fire away. Disorganised house. How does it become disorganised? Well, if, you know, if we're doing a million other things, if we're a mum and we feel like we're giving out all the time and we don't feel like doing it anymore, if we're kids and we don't have enough self-love, or whatever it is. We're, we live in a very disorganised way. And very often, one or two people in the house wanders around and tries to impose organisation on everyone. Clean up things, Usually or the do mother, that. Right? Who didn't do the washing up? All of those things. Now, does that sound loving? It sounds sort of controlling, doesn't it? And it's where a lot of us have our rebellion against organisation and control, um, rules. All of, a lot of us carry this rebellion against rules. Because very often we've been living in quite a disorganised state. Someone's tried to impose rules or organisation upon us. It's felt yucky. And because most of the time they're angry doing it, are they not? Most of the time they're angry, frustrated, annoyed. Now what happens in that house if everyone starts to grow in their own self-love? Do they want to leave their undies on the floor? Not really, because they want their undies later, don't they? So they'll go and put them in the washing machine. Because they love themselves enough. Yeah. Um, what about their, their... Does everyone wait for one person to cook for them? Of course not, because by, by then everybody is happy to cook for the whole family if they wanted to. So you'd, you'd have pe people volunteering to cook instead of going, oh, I don't want to cook, you know, I don't want to do that, I don't want to clean. Because when we love ourselves, we think, wow, what do I want to put in my body? Oh, I'm good, and I'm going to take the effort and the time to prepare something and I'll enjoy preparing it and I'll know and then I'll savour it and 
Who's seen AJ eat? It's like, wow, everything. I love it. You, you, um, enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. This room car, in Spanish, you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so everyone's growing in love, aren't they? As they grow in love, what happens to the, their surroundings? Suddenly it becomes more organised, not as a result of any rules or enforcing, but because as we grow in love, the rule of love, it naturally dictates that we, everything around us starts to reflect that love and we want to care for everything in our environment more. And that's why the, uh, when, you, when you look at the like, things in the Bible that talk about the... Uh, I've just got to stop something that's happening. Guys up there, you guys, I, I know it's really tempting to be up there, but can you just... Stop distracting people down here. <laughs> is that alright? Just the bubbles and the noise. Is the bubbles and the noise and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was distracting me. I'm, I'm seeing it all happening from the front and all of you. And I turned around. And what was I saying? I can't even remember. As we grow in love. Oh, yes. So if you remember in the second sphere and the third sphere, it doesn't, it's not a better environment because of the laws and the rules that are imposed. It's a better environment because every single person has more of God's love in their heart, more loving heart. And this is what, you know, the Bible even refers to as the transformation of the heart from the heart of a stone into a heart of a man. In other words, what God really intended on this planet was for all of us to have a nice, sensitive, open, loving heart. And when we have a nice, sensitive, open, loving heart, we can't litter, you know, you can't drive along and throw, throw out a bottle onto the roadside as you're driving past because the love inside of you dictates that you can't do that anymore. The love inside of you says, well, no, somebody's going to, that's going to break, it's going to hurt somebody. It also is it, going to damage the look of the environment. We need to manage waste in a different way. The love in your heart dictates that. No rule. So you don't need to have that. The reason why we've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of rules in a country like our own is because there's not enough love motivating our heart. If there was love motivating our heart, we now live in freedom because we don't need to have rules anymore. Love automatically dictates what we would do. Does that make sense? And that's what happens in the higher dimensions. As at the first sphere, that doesn't happen hardly at all. And instead, God's love is imposed upon the first sphere, but nothing. Very, there's very little love amongst humanity in the first sphere. But then as the dimensional spaces improve in the amount of love, the love in each person's heart dictates their action. So, so law becomes unnecessary. The law of love dictates all events and therefore all other laws become almost totally unnecessary in operation. And, and in fact, by the time we reach the eighth dimension or the point of the one with God, we are now in a space where we don't need law anymore. Because the, the, the love in our heart is so great, we're connected to the source of all love, God, and the love in our heart is so great, it's impossible for us to actually break a law because we know that all of God's laws that have been created are loving anyway. So, so how could you break one of the laws? It's impossible. If all of God's laws are loving, then it's impossible to break a bunch of one with God. Does that make sense to you?
Now, now, what the challenge is here on Earth is mirroring that same principles, those same principles on Earth. And that's a challenge because we're all not in the condition of alignment with God. We're all in various conditions of love. We're in a place of growth. We're growing and changing. And hopefully, if we have a desire for God, we're growing towards love. And as a result of that, we're changing. So if you, if you then apply this to an organisation on Earth, so now you could say the Earth is really in the same state as the first sphere is in the spirit world, right? In the sense that everything's haphazard, they're all people with contrary emotions and, and feelings which dictate their unloving behaviour or loving behaviour depending on how their heart motivates them. And sometimes it looks like a great big mess, and then often it is because of everyone being in a different state. And that's exactly how the Earth, it's just like the first dimension or the first sphere. Now, the challenge for us is to set up an organisation that does not do the same thing that the world does and helps people get from the condition the world currently is in into a different condition that illustrates the divine truth about the progression of the human soul. That's the challenge. And so what we want to do is set up some kind of organisation that enables people to go from the place of their current loving place, level of love, which, which for the majority of us is still within the first dimensional space of the spirit world in that location, and we want to get that moving and so we can progress through the dimensional spaces while we're here on Earth. We're not waiting now for the spirit world to happen, and we want a way, an organisation that illustrates this right across the board of its operations. Does that make sense? That's what we want. And that's what we've tried to design the God's Way of Love organisation to do. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah? Sound like a big job. Now, the beauty of doing it is that it will have a number of very, very powerful outcomes. Firstly, it has the ability to demonstrate to people on earth that there is a different way to do everything. There's, a di there's God's way to do everything instead of man's way of doing everything. And it demonstrates the cause and effect of that. So, so what we can do is start analysing the causal reasons why certain things happen. And we can change those causal reasons by changing our souls when we're involved in the process. And then we see the effects of the soul's change as an organisation that then can be demonstrated to the world. So it's, a, it's a, actually a way of offering proof to the world that God's laws and principles actually work. Scientific proof, proof that is verifiable, that's one of the purposes of it. Does that make sense? Proof that is verifiable. And that's one of the purposes of the organisation, to provide proof that is verifiable to the world of how God's laws and principles affect the human soul and how love transforms not only our soul but also as a result of that our environment. That's the purpose. That makes sense to everyone. Yeah? I keep on asking whether it makes sense because sometimes I can feel there's not so much of an understanding going on. So is there any questions you would like to ask so far about that? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, uh, I have. I think I haven't even done a talk no, on cause and effect yet. But uh, 
So there's a major principle of cause and effect which applies to every form of science, mathematics, and also uh, our life, our soul. And there is always a cause, and the effect is caused by something. Now, uh, the best way to illustrate that is, I'm driving along, uh, there's a speed limit of 100 kilometers an hour, and I'm driving at 120. What's the cause of me doing that? Well, there'll be an emotion, and emotion might be, I'm in a hurry, so I'm allowed to break the law when I'm in a hurry. So in other words, there's an emotion that I'm in a hurry and I've got to get to a place at a certain time, and another emotion that I'm allowed to break the law whenever I want. Does that make sense? And there might be some other laws involved, there are other emotions involved. Now, the effect is me driving at that speed. The cause is quite different than somebody coming, quite different, it's an emotional cause. Now, somebody come along with a speed gun, chink, chink, yep, okay, 120, pull him over, fine him. Now, did that fix anything? No. Case in point is the probably per person gets back in the car and in many cases drives 120 k's an hour after that point because they think that they've just had one police pull them over, it's highly unlikely that the second one would in the same day. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, what would address the cause of the person going at that speed? There, he would have to address the emotions. Why is he in a hurry? You know, all those different things are there, aren't they? Why is he in such a panic that he has to drive at, at a higher speed which is going to cause higher damage to himself or others? You know, why does he have to ignore the law? All of those different things come into play, do they not? That's addressing the cause. We need to address, to address the cause of the speeding it's always based on something that's going on for the person emotionally. Does that make sense to everyone? It's got nothing to do. The trouble with uh, mankind is we make a heap of laws to deal with effects. That's what we do. So if somebody speeds, we, call, we make a whole set of laws about traffic control. If somebody does something else, we make a whole set of laws about that. And if somebody does something else, and usually it's something, it's only one or two or three or ten, of, you know, it's not, it's not it's not like millions of the population doing that thing, although sometimes it is. But, but a lot of times there's only like a small minority of the population doing that thing, but we still create a whole set of laws to look after that. Right? And very often the laws deal with the effect and are based in fear, aren't they? They only deal with the effect most of the time. And most of the time, always based in fear. We up the fine, and most of you become more afraid to speed, do you not? So what happens when you're driving along the road and you see a police car coming up the, up the others, you know, down the other side? You just straight away off, slowly on the road. The fear motivation changing your behaviour, right? And then as soon as it goes back up on the foot again and off you go again, right? And the reason why we do that is because the, the law has imposed some fear, but it's only while the, the fear imposer is present that we follow the law. That, that's a totally ineffectual law, is it not? Well, you might as well throw that kind of a law out the window in the end. It, it would also save us a lot of time. It would save us a lot of time and effort on lawyers as well to throw a lot of these laws out. It's the, the, the way to deal with everything is to deal with its cause. So one of the primary motivations of this God's Way of Love organisation needs to be that we deal with the cause of the problems and not the effect. Does that make sense, Guru? 
So we want to explore lots of different, and we'll talk more specifically about the different areas, um, the different teams that we've come up with, that people can uh, explore different areas of growth, uh, regenerating the land, working in their passion in arts or in music or whatever it is, but to demonstrate that if we deal with causes in these situations, we have really um, exponentially larger positive effects than if we just keep dealing with effects all of the time or working around issues. So, so one of the challenges of the organisation is going to be addressing the causes of problems rather than addressing the effects. We need to measure the effects, but we need to directly deal with the cause. And that's one of the challenges of the organisation as well. So can you see, there's a lot of things going on in the spirit world currently that we want to now bring to the earth and apply the same principles in an organised fashion on earth. Now for many people, they're going to be quite, when they hear this discussion, they're going to be quite challenged. They're going to say, oh, it's just AJ, you know, who thinks he's Jesus, setting up a, you know, a whole series of laws for all the people who are coming along to follow. That's what they're going to think. Right? But, but these are not my laws that I'm, that I'm trying to teach to you. These are God's laws that I'm trying to teach you. The truth is that if, I, if I'm telling you something that isn't true, sooner or later it will be demonstrated to you that that thing is not true through the laws of God. Can you see that? So, and, and if I'm teaching you something that is true, sooner or later, it will be demonstrating to you that that particular thing is true as regards the law of God. Because your life, like I can't control your life, and yet these laws control your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And if I talk to you about them and show you how they work and all of those kind of things, then we can learn a lot in the process, but we can also <coughs> see that every single law is harmonious with love at some point. Every single one. And we, when we come to know those laws and we come to practice those laws, not because we feel we have to, or not because we're being told we have to, not, but because we desire to, then things will change. And we, we, we need to set up an organisation that's going to run exactly the same way as it would be running if it was in the spirit world. Exactly the same. That's what we need to set up here on earth. So the challenge was to write a constitution that allows the law of the land to be uh, imposed upon the organisation, but at the same time allow God's laws to be imposed upon the organisation in preference to man's. That was the challenge of, of writing the constitution. The point of a constitution from man's perspective is that it is the governing laws of the organisation. So the constitution forms the basis for the organisation's running. It, it actually determines what the objectives and what the principles of the organisation are going to be and what people, how people are going to do things within the organisation. And the challenge is to write a constitution that meets all of the requirements of the laws of the land, but in addition meets the requirements, and more importantly, meets the requirements of all of God's laws. And that was the challenge of writing the constitution. And the, what you read as a result is the merging of those two things, the merging of both principles. Does that make sense, Gorilla? And that's why sometimes in the Constitution there's a bit of legalese type, type uh, statements, and many of those are required by the law. 
then you'll find some very, what most people who read the Constitution go, oh, yeah, the man's dreaming, the man's dreaming again. Those ones, those statements that are made, are the ones that are relating to God's laws and principles that are incorporated into the document. Does that make sense? So every time you think that, oh, yeah, yeah, it's AJ going off in a way, way up there dreaming, pay that, that is the time where God's laws are actually a part of the, the Constitution. And where am I up to? Oh yeah, can I just mention one thing too? Uh, many Christians historically have prayed for God's kingdom to be on earth as it is in heaven. Have they not? Many of you historically in the past have prayed for that exact same thing when you were Christians or otherwise. Now, if you think about it, how does God's kingdom get to be on earth as it is in heaven? Now, the heavens that we're referring to in the prayer are the heavens from the eighth sphere inclusive and above, what we call the celestial heavens or the celestial spheres. They are the heavens that contain God's kingdom, if you like. Now, these are dimensional places of existence where people live who used to live on the earth and they now live in those spaces because they are at one with God in love. They, they have enough love in their souls now that they've received from God that they cannot disagree with God on matters. They can do whatever they want to do, but they have no desire to disagree with God because what God has designed is loving. Now, that's the celestial heavens, the kingdom of God in the heavens. We want the kingdom of God in the heavens to now come to earth. That's what we want. We want the love that's present there to now be here on earth. Does that make sense? It's, a, it's, a, it's not some kind of religious feeling that we have about it, but rather just a practical thing. Who of you wants to see love on earth as it is demonstrated in heaven? You know, that's what we want, is it not? So, so, and why wouldn't you want it? Love is love, after all, and if you think about it, like, what, what, what drives most of your day is a desire that love will be loved, is it not? So, of course, we would want that. That's just a logical thing. It's not a religious, some kind of spiritual thing. It's just a logical thing of what we would want on earth, to have that kind of love that's present there, present here. That's what we want to create. Now, to do that, we need to go through this process of recognising our, our, how out of harmony of love we personally are and then allowing God's truth to enter us enough that we change and get, just get more harmonious with love as we grow. And the organisation will become a mechanism by which people can do that. Now, it doesn't mean they have to be connected to the organisation to do that, because any person on earth can do that at any single time. They don't have to have any connection with anybody else to do it. But it would be lovely to have an organisation that's set up that enables people to do it. See, at the moment, the world enables you to stay in the place you currently are in, does it not? You look at how you know, it enables your fear. How many of you looked at the internet this morning? Or the news? What was on the news? Mostly was fear about what? There was Japan, there's Libya. 
Mate, there's, there's quite a lot of things on the news this morning. I, I don't know if you noticed, but they've just bombed Libya. And then there's this stuff going on in Japan. And then there's, and there's all this stuff going on constantly, right? And so, so, so what, what we're doing living in this world is we're just drawn into this fear place constantly through our addictions, of course. We're drawn into this fear place and, and we, we can't get out of it without some of us starting to think and feel differently. We need to think and feel differently. Now, now wouldn't it be nice to have an organisation you could go to that you know is going to help you think and feel differently? Totally differently to what everyone else on the, on the world has currently been feeling, but, but what everybody in the world really does want in their heart, which is to love and to have truth in their lives. That's really what everyone does want at some point. So what we want to do, the challenge is to create this organisation in such a way that the truth is reflected in the day-to-day -day operation of the organisation and that love is reflected in the day-to-day -day operation of the organisation. And with all the parts of the constitution you read where it looks like AJ is dreaming, they are the parts that we want to apply to the organisation the most. They are the bits that we want to actually encourage so that people can grow, people can change and become more loving. Yeah, and I'm really excited about this opportunity because um, I've lived with AJ for a couple of years now and every day I get to understand more what it is to live this path. So what it is when I'm, you know, doing my grocery shopping to live this path, what it is when I'm in my house, looking after my house, whatever it is. I've had the direct opportunity to understand what it is to live this path all of the time. This organisation, I feel, is going to give so many more of you that opportunity. Rather than just coming along every fortnight, listening for four hours, going home going, oh, now, what do I do here? How does it fit here? What is humility in practice every day? That's what I've learned in the last couple of years, and I'm still learning. <laughs> But I feel that this, this organisation is going to give us like, so much scope for us to grow really rapidly together. And it's going to maybe feel a bit tough sometimes because we're going to have to face that we're down there in the first sphere and like, be called on our emotions or be called on how we're acting in a way that's actually very unloving to other people. But if we can be humble in that process, I feel like the changes can be rapid and it, be, it can be a supportive process for all of us as well. Yeah. I'd like to point out that, that many people come to myself and Mary and they say, oh, I've heard all this stuff before. You know, all this stuff uh, you know, about emotions and emotional work. I've been doing emotional work for 30 years. I know all about it. And, and to be frank with you, I look at the person and the body of the person I can feel their pains and suffering that they have in that body. Many times they are quite large and overweight as well, and or, or very thin and emancipated, and, and there's a lot of different other things going on for them most of the time. They've lost hair on their head, and uh, you know their hair is now grey. They've got aches and pains in their body that most, of, many of the times they can't even feel because they've so detuned from them now for you them being there. And I'm going, yeah, you think you know what's being said to you, and you may have heard this for 30 years, and you may have heard it from all sorts of walks of life, but you think you know. When you know, that's when all of your body's going to change. 
that's when everything inside of your life's going to change. You know, they, they come to me and say, oh, you know, I've known about this for 30 years, but I can't seem to ever find my soulmate. I don't feel like I can ever find... Well, if you've known about it for 30 years, you would have found your soulmate 28 years ago, probably. Does that make sense? If you really knew here, if you were really practicing it here, you would know to the extent that it would draw, everything would happen in your life and draw it to you. The proof is in the pudding, or in the eating of the pudding, is it not? In other words, the proof is the results of what you're getting from what you, what you think you know. Many of us have this viewpoint that we know a lot. Many of you here, right now, have this viewpoint you know a lot. And you may know a lot. Like a lot might have entered that brain of yours. But unfortunately, with regard to love, very little of it at times have actually reached your heart. And when it reaches your heart, your life will change. And it will change as soon as it reaches your heart. So the proof is that if something's not changing, then it hasn't reached our heart yet. Does that make sense? Now, this is the problem we all face, is that is we, face, we face our, our if, you, if you can think of it, our egocentric mind is holding on to these concepts, thinking that it knows things, that plainly our life demonstrates we don't know. Because if we knew it in our life, our life would have automatically changed. Does everyone grasp that principle? Now, what we want to do with the God's Way of Love organisation is to help you make that transition between what you think you know and coming to terms with what you really know here. And then growing what you really know here so that the changes that will happen in your life do happen. That's the key. We don't want to keep talking about things that you then go, and yesterday I could hear this a lot from you in your minds. You could hear this thing going on in you. In you. Oh yeah, I've heard a lot of this before. I know what he's talking about there. I know he's... Honestly, yesterday's discussion, the majority are still having trouble understanding. Right now, the majority of you are still having trouble understanding addictions and how much they influence and impact upon your life and your relationship with God. Now, but, but that's not what I'm getting from you. What I'm getting from you is this feeling, oh, no, no, that's all right, I've got that under control. Oh, no, I've got that, I've got that sorted, I've got this sorted, and so forth. Now, what we want to do is somehow challenge those, those thoughts that you have so that you can see the truth. The truth that actually, no, if it's, if it's not here, you don't know it yet. You just think you know it. Does that make sense? If it's not a part of your day, way of life, you don't know it yet. And this is the trouble with intellectual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge reaches your brain and enters your mind and your spirit body, but it has no effect on your soul until it enters your soul. And to enter your soul, it has to enter your soul emotionally. And this is one of the primary things we want to get when it comes to the God's Way of Love organisation. This is the reason why I'm raising it. Because the God's Way of Love organisation will be, hopefully, a mechanism for you to get all this intellectual knowledge and it's all just head stuff that you think you know and yet for 30 years or 50 years of your life never changed a thing into your heart where you notice every change as it's happening. Does that, everyone grasp that? Every change as it's happening, 
you will notice instantly, you go, whoa, whoa. It's like, all of a sudden, your life turns from being just talking about things into putting it into practice in your heart, and all of a sudden, everything changes straight away. That's how it works. That's, God made you much more powerful than you can currently conceive. God made you far more powerful than you can even imagine at this point in your mind. Because for most of us, we are so stuck in the mind that we're totally incapable of seeing the results of something changing our soul because we're not allowing the soul to change because we already believe we've done that. We've already believed we've fixed something that's still in error. Does that make sense to everyone? So what we want to do is challenge these beliefs in you. And one, one of the things we want to do, one of the mechanisms is this organisation uh, that we want to set up will be a way of challenging you. Challenging you to see the truth about what's really going on inside of yourself. Do you really wish to embrace God's principles and laws in your heart? Because it, it's only when it's in your heart that things will change. We've had people that we've known uh, since, we've been, since we've been talking the last six years about the path, people that we've known who have passed into the spirit world, some of them who have passed have, have heard these truths for three years straight, and yet they pass into the hells. Why? Because they think they know it. It's very dangerous. When you give up thinking you know it, and start actually feeling it and applying it, that's when your soul changes, and then you're guaranteed to not have to pass into the hills if you pass. Does that make sense? And yet, many of us avoid the knowledge of the truth because we, we are so hooked on the image, we're so hooked on wanting other people to perceive us a certain way, other people to think that we're good, all of these other things that are affecting us, and we don't want to come to a true recollection of ourselves. And what we want is the organisation to actually help you do that. Does that, everyone, that make sense to everyone? That's the, one of the primary goals. We want the organisation to be a mechanism through which you can grow from wherever the condition is now, whether it be in the first year or second year or whatever, whatever the condition is now, to the point of oneness. It's only when we have a group of people who are at one with God on the earth that now the kingdom of God is again on earth. And that will be just a wonderful time. Not only will it be a wonderful time for those people who have reached that condition, but it will also be a wonderful time for everyone who has observed their changes. Because that will give every single person who has observed a chance to feel like, oh, they can do it. I can do that. That's the point. The point is all of us can become a one with God on earth. And we don't have to wait and we don't have to keep delaying. And in fact, the truth is if you wait until you pass to do some of these changes, you are going to have much worse time in the spirit world than you can imagine. Because while you're holding on to these concepts here on earth, they are much more difficult to give up when you're in the spirit world. Much more difficult than you can actually currently imagine at this moment. Because every single addiction you'll be in, in the spirit world, every single addiction or place that you want to go to, you'll go to. And it'll just distract 
you immensely in the spirit world away from God if you don't learn these lessons now on earth. So, so what we want to do is create a mechanism by which you can learn these things on earth. That's the point of the organisation. Is there any questions about that part that I've just discussed with you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You were into growth, but that's fine. You want to uh, say it in the microphone? Sure, if we... Um, I just said wow because I knew that this was, I knew that it was about bringing God's kingdom to earth and that's something I feel really humble about being part of and I knew that we were, it was going to be challenging and that we were up to growth but what you just explained there is just my mind to think that being part of this organisation gives us the opportunity to grow from our state of injury and our Lack of love now to be at one with God. Yeah. And, and we don't have to be a part of the organisation to do that, no. but hopefully the organisation is set up in such a way that it makes it easier. So, you see, when we're living in the world at the moment, what has, what's happening is the world makes it harder for us to do it, doesn't it? It's like, like, you, like some of you have already had the police come around and knock on your door because you were crying. Like, how did that happen? In the world we live in, we're not allowed to even cry in our own house without the neighbours being disturbed by our sadness. Like, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Like, you remember at the time we were at Peter's house and, and some people went outside and had a scream because of some of the things that I said. And, uh, and, and next, like, a half an hour later, the police rock up telling us that we're not allowed to do that anymore. And we have to go and do it in, in a pillow in the bedroom. Like, that's how set up the world is to shut us down from dealing with our emotions. If we have the opposite happening in the organisation, things will change a lot more readily. If we can just go back no, behind Jen, we're up to two back. Sound Stand up. Uh, I'm just wondering, what are the, when you're actually screaming into a pillow because you're in a suburbia, um, does that shut down the anger and everything? Is it like, what is the effect? Is it actually quite reduced um, when you're actually doing the action into something rather than actually expressing it fully out into the universe? Um, it doesn't have to, but uh, what's happening for a lot of you is you have all of your neighbours already projecting at you, don't cry, don't cry. And so if you have any resistance to crying inside of yourself, what, what are you going to do? You're going to start crying and then all of a sudden you feel the neighbour's projection, don't cry, don't cry, and you'll stop crying. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've had times in my own progression where I've had to um, actually ask people to leave my house who were projecting at me not to do something because, because they wouldn't let me do something in my own house that I needed to do to progress to the to the next state where that emotion no longer was in me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so we, we, we do not understand really at this point still how much projection you're getting from the world around you and how much that hooks into some of your addictions, you know? So, so one of the addictions is, I want everybody around me to think I'm okay, right? Even when I'm not, <laughs> I want them to think I'm okay. So, so then when, when I start crying and I have a neighbour say, oh, are you okay? You know, I want them to think I'm okay, so what do I do? I say, yeah, I'm okay, uh, don't worry about it. You know, you try to, instead of just saying, no, no, I'm not actually, 
I'm not okay. Uh, I've just been crying about you know, when I was three years old, my father raped me, you know, like, and that was pretty bad. I'm not okay about it, you know, and, and, I, and I need to cry about it. You know, we don't say that to them because we want them to believe that we're okay. I had a really interesting um, encounter a month ago, maybe it was. Um, I couldn't, I didn't want to get a license, and um, I was. I really wanted it because I wanted to be independent and I was in the middle of um, a shopping mall car park kind of a place and it was next to a uh, video store and I, and I said I have to go into this fear, I've got this fear of authority and, um, and I sat there and I shook and I understood for the first time what it meant when you say that you shake until like, you look like you're actually having an attack, an epileptic attack and I was yeah. standing there shaking like this you know, on the side of a shop. People walking by asking if I was okay, and I was crying and going through full-on causal stuff about Nazis and yeah. about being in a communist regime and all of this. And people walking by and saying, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm choosing to do this. I'm going through some heavy emotions, and I'm choosing to do this." And eventually, a security guard told me to leave because he said it was bad for business, and I just it shut me down. And then I sat there on the side, shaking and still doing it. And Adrian was next to me, feeling like the man that's just abused you know, a woman, <laughs> and, and basically um, I looked over and there were the two guys dressed in uniforms like the Nazi and the communists smoking, yeah. staring at me. Yeah. So I was eventually out of my emotion, but it was just such a profound example of how society treats us when we're actually just feeling our emotion. And if that happened at the learning centre when you were working on the garden or something, what, what we'll do is tell you the opposite to those guys. Yeah. You wouldn't be asked to move. You'd elect to just deal with the emotion. Already we've had a team, we've been developing a team of people with the flora part of the uh, learning centre. And, uh, and they've been coming every Tuesday just to, uh, uh, to just get some assistance with, with different things to do with plants and stuff like that. But on top of that, with what's going to happen on the centre. And, um, and so, you know, I think it was last Tuesday, and last Tuesday quite a number of people were in their tears crying and dealing with their emotions while they were working away and feeling quite angry with the soil and all those different things happening and and that's the way it needs to be we need to allow these things to occur and this is part a part of the purpose of the of the God's Love Love organization is to create environments where you're allowed to feel environments where you're allowed to feel what you really feel and with nobody judging you or, and, and they all accepting you when you come back from crying they're still accepting you as, as their friends you know that's what some, that's one of the things we want to create certainly. but even putting it out there into the world it's 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 a challenge but it, it does work and people actually start connecting to themselves because they can you can see their concern for you but also they you know, it's, I think it's part of it. We've got to just be able to do this anyway. I feel yes, we, we should have the possibility okay. to do that and actually do it. And it feels so liberating when you do it, even when you do take, even when you have someone remove you, it still feels really good that you did it. Yeah. And it's beautiful and, yeah, it works. <laughs> Thank you. The, yeah, the, you know, we do need to learn to do it in the world. That is very, very true. Many of us are so stuck, though, that we can't even do it in our own home, let alone in the world. So, you know, we want to break that stuck, that stuck place that many of you feel yourself to be in.
we, we keep the stories down and just ask questions because otherwise we will not get through the material we've got to cover with you today. Is that okay? So is it a story or a question? Oh, I had more of a story. Yeah. So can we, can we ask questions rather than talk to the stories? There'll be opportunities for stories later. Yeah. Hi, Gianna. Um, like listening to you, my first feeling is because I'm overseas, I won't be part of it. And uh, my question is if there is anything uh, planned for people who live overseas, or obviously that's my that's my own attraction, but. Um, yeah, you don't realise that you're a part of that plan. But because you're associated with it here and therefore can take it to other places. We do have an intention, and it is the all of our intention who, of the 14 who return. Originally, we had the intention to set up these locations all over the earth. We don't want to be, uh, we're not going to set them up in one particular country, they're going to be hopefully in a lot of different countries. However, the, the, the earth itself is going to change a lot in the next few years. And what you now know as countries, will some of them will disappear completely, other ones will change completely, and so we want to make sure that any of the learning centres that are set up at this point are actually going to continue through that period of time. We feel after the period of time has occurred, where all of these different changes occur, we will be definitely setting up learning centres in lots of different locations that are, that are then existing after that point. But now we want to set up the learning centres in the areas of the earth where there are people who are wanting to practice the path and who are wanting to practice divine truth in their life, who want to, who want to have God's love into their soul. And, and so at the moment, the country where that's happening the most is Australia, and so that's why we're doing it. But there are other countries where that can happen, and some of those other countries will survive uh, the changes that are coming uh, quite well. So, those countries can also set up the same kind of uh, structures if they wish. What we're trying to do here is, pro is basically create a boilerplate or a blueprint for what can be replicated over and over again <coughs> through the desires of individuals in different locations. Does that make sense? So, so our feelings are is that almost every continent will certainly have one within a very short period of time and then later there will be many of the countries themselves will have something so, so that people can go there and know they're getting assistance to, to grow towards their, their relationship with God. And many of you are not certain how that might occur, but it will occur by the passionate desire of yourselves being exercised. That's how it will occur. And so what we, part of the purpose of the God's Way of Love organisation is going to be to encourage your passionate desires. Right? And if you stay, as Mary said earlier, in your passion, you are less influenced by others in that place, if you can stay in passion. So there will be, there is a global vision, not just an Australian vision, but obviously it's got to start somewhere. And it's going to start where there's the most people who seem to be receptive to what we want to show them. That's where it starts. Okay. And the other thing is, if someone wants to marry me, so I can live in Australia. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's way out of line, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot to 
Yeah. Honestly, what is the song? Is it France? I know. Yeah. I'm so it's for you, for you dictating that comment. Thank you. Yeah. Um, by the way, I have had emails from people saying, I'm in a relationship, but if someone wants to marry me in Australia, I can move my funds across to Australia. And I'm going, what? Like, I write back to them saying, what truth have you been hearing the last few years? You know? <laughs> because honestly, we need to stay in harmony with truth and our desires. You will, Nina, create what you desire, and you don't need to be as afraid about it as you currently are. When we talk about truth, it includes telling the truth to the government. <laughs> How is that not? Like... We, I, I just recently got audited by the tax department, right? And uh, the reason why I got audited is because somebody, um, obviously somebody who's upset with me, um, rang up the tax department and said that I've been running a non-profit organisation and not declaring its income for the last three years. And, uh, and of course, I've only just began a non-profit organisation two months ago. Um, and, uh, and so they uh, audited me, right? so I had to provide all my accounts and everything else for the, you know, how it goes. And uh, anyway, I got the letter stating last week the Clean Bill of Health, but we're going to keep an eye on you sort of thing uh, from them. And uh, it, I was just amused by the whole thing because, because people don't realise, and particularly people who are listening third-hand to this information, or people who are listening in it, and I see a lot of people lately reading into it. They, they, they tell me, and you can hear back from people sometimes, they say, oh, you, if you read between the lines, what AJ really wants is, and honestly, you, got, uh, you don't know me if you think you can read between the lines. He writes enough lines. And if you believe that uh, for some reason that you can read between the lines and, and suspect my motives, my motives are pretty open and out there for everyone to see. So, what we need to do is learn to be in harmony with truth with everybody, including the law, and we need to be open and honest about our, all of our dealings. When we do that, things will just work quite smoothly. And, uh, and while we may get attacks from here and there uh, associated with that, sooner or later people will realise what our true motives are. And also, God responds to your desires, your passionate desires. So, Nina, if you follow your passionate desires at the moment, which you are already doing, what you will find is everything will be attracted to you that you need. And there, there are things I'll discuss with you later about world changes that are going to occur and countries that are going to be affected by different world changes and so forth, and I'm happy to answer a lot of those questions for you. But I don't want those, those uh, uh, sessions to be fear-based sessions. And so while I'm waiting for you, remember last year, I had five or six sessions in a row about fear. You know, deal with the fears, deal with the fears. Information, I can't give you more information why you've got fear about a lot of these things. You need to let go of your fears, then we can give you some more information about what's going to happen in the future in the world and so forth. And that's separate to what we want to achieve with God's Way of Love organisation. Because the God's Way of Love organisation is not an earth change organisation. It's not an organisation being set up so that you have some kind of sanctuary to nurse you your way through the coming changes on the earth. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a long-term, it's an organisation with long-term goals of seeing divine love 
actually seeing God's kingdom come to the earth. That's its goal. So it's not about setting up a little sanctuary where we can all be safe and live in a commune. Does that make sense? It's a learning centre. Like a, it's sort of like a, a God's university, is how I want to set it up. A, a place where you can come across, go to, to learn about God, learn about the soul, and learn about life, and all of God's laws and how they affect your life. That's what we want it to be. In practice. We don't want it to be something where you... you, you many of you in the past have thought of that, oh, let's set up a community. That's not what I'm interested in doing. If you want to set up a community, that's fine. In fact, my feelings are that when we follow our passions and desires and we connect with God and our emotions, we will automatically be in a location where other people are attracted to that same way of life and we are automatically then in a community that has all of the principles of God's way, God's love imposed upon it. Have we not? Automatically. We don't have to go and make the community. It's going to automatically happen when we follow these desires and passions that we have. The purpose of the learning centre is not community. It's very important that each of you understand that. It's to learn about God's way of love. That's what it's about. That's its only primary purpose. So we're not about setting up these communes and having all of these, you know, none of that. We want to live in the world, but we want to have a place available in the world where people can come to learn about God's truth. And we see these locations as being those locations that we can set up. Does that make sense? Any other questions? I just um, feel to express my gratitude um, for all the work and everything that you, you're doing and the love that you give us. Just constantly, and just the same going on in the moment. But I just thanks, yeah. We love it's it. Just amazing. We're in our Even if none of you thank us, we're still in our passion. <laughs> and we love doing it. So it's like, uh, for us, uh, there's a lot of joy just in following the passion itself. Like, and one of the things we want to help happen in this process with the God's Way of Love organisation is to have some of that passion run off on you. You know, rub off on you, as the saying goes. And so, so, that, so that you can connect with your own desires and passions and really start to... Follow those desires and passions, yeah? That's really what we, we would love to achieve. Yeah. Is there any other questions you have at this point? No, I'm going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> Alex. Life in the world we've seen is about the first and second sphere, the high first sphere, low second sphere. 
and that we certainly would be able to replicate in total on the Earth. Um, the, the stuff that talks about uh, in the later sessions of the Robert James Lee's material, the Gate of Heaven and the Life of Elysium, uh, we definitely will be able to uh, replicate most of those things on it that you read about in, in, in there. Right away from the way music is used, the way art, art is used, the way buildings are, uh, are created, everything. So, so the truth is that we have the capacity in our soul to create the same here as what we can create there. The problem is, is that there's not the love to do it at the moment. It's the love that's the problem. Once we, once we develop in love and get to the same condition of love, then we will be able to create those things. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll also have many celestial spirits and other spirits assisting us in that process. In fact, what I expect to happen in that process is that there will be celestial spirits materialising and talking to you about how you can do things. Does that make sense? So some of our friends from the celestial spirit realms will materialise in form, just like they have done many times in the past. There are, there are literally thousands of recorded instances on Earth where spirits have materialised in human form. This is why you have movies made about it and all these other things happening, because it's been happening ever since the time began, this materialisation process. And in the future, we will be able to have it happening from spirits who are in a condition that they can actually give us truth and actually help us through these transitions. But none of that is going to be possible unless there's love here first, unless there's a passionate desire in each of us to have those things occur. Imagine if, if there wasn't a passionate desire, the scientists would want to cut them up and experiment with them. And uh, <laughs> would they not? And, and, you know, at the end of the day, there would be very little listening to them. Have, has any of you, what's that movie? There's a good movie about the one where Kevin Spacey, you know, arrives and... Okay, that's right. Yeah, that, that kind of thing, you know, that's the kind of thing mankind would do right now to a person who's developed differently, would they not? They treat them as if they need to go into a mental asylum and, and, uh, and, and treat them in that manner. And that's how most people look at me, let's face it. Okay. <laughs> he, belongs, he doesn't belong out here talking to people, he belongs in a, an asylum. And, and you know, the truth, the truth is quite, quite different. There is, there is so much truth available to us from the spirit world, and yet, the majority of the times, we're still quite resistive to it because of our fears and other emotions. So if we can get the way through that, and out the other side of that, then the organisation has the capacity to help us grow immensely. And in fact, one of the teams that we want to set up for the organisation is a mediumship team. And the team's role will encompass, one of the roles that will encompass is actually receiving information from the spirit world that has a benefit to mankind. Specific scientific mathematical information that has a benefit to mankind. There's, there's literally millions of spirits in the spirit world who are scientists and mathematicians who want to give this information to people on Earth. The problem is there's very few mathematicians and scientists on Earth who are open to receiving it. Has any of you read the history of Tesla? Yeah? If you read the history of Tesla, you'll see that the majority of the time he was on Earth, he was overcloaked by a spirit. Actually, most of his experiments were created by spirits. 
and he was just acting them out. He often went into these visions where he had a whole vision of the apparatus he was to design, and he just designed the whole thing in minutes, oftentimes on napkins, right? And then he spent his life in building them, and, and he still has 200 patents in the US office today, 200 patents that are registered in his name of scientific adventures that we use day to day right now, that all came from the spirit world. Did you know that? And that's, what's happened. that's what happened with him. And yet the, there's a whole set of his inventions that mankind has completely ignored and yet he's patented them and registered them in the US Patent Office. Now, how does all that happen? Well, it all happens because firstly, he was influenced by spirit. He had a connection with spirits. He had a really strong desire for science and mathematics. And as a result, information could be channeled to him. He was willing to experiment. He was willing to open his mind away from the normal way a scientist would normally work and actually connect to this alternate way of a, of a scientist working. And he allowed himself to receive information from his connections with these spirits. And as a result of that, even though he may not have known personally what was going on, as a result of that, much of his inventions came to Earth and the Earth right now benefits from the majority of his inventions still. The whole generation of alternate, alternating current, alternating electricity, came from his inventions. He was one of the unsung heroes, if you like, of the planet in regard to scientific invention. Because you know what happened? The people at the time could not accept how he was as a person. They couldn't accept how he told them to expand their mind. He, he, they couldn't accept that his inventions could actually work. And it was only years later, in many cases, that they applied his patents and then used them in day-to-day -day life. There's no reason why that can't happen right now. On a lot of different subjects. Do you know that he was inventing an anti-gravity device? He actually has a patent on it. Right? He told his friends that he was going to come along one time in a, he called it a sort of like a, a, a device the size of a stove levitating to their address. Now, in almost every other case, he did accomplish what he said he was going to accomplish. Did you know he also had another invention that you could receive energy, cosmic energy, Constantly, day or night, doesn't matter whether the sun was there or not, constant energy from the universe, and you can tap into it and turn it into electricity. And you only need three devices that have been available for a hundred years to do it. So, why do we go for solar electricity? Which only works during the day. And then, of course, we've got to add the battery so that it works at night. And then we add the batteries and there's the lead and the acid and all the other things that are toxic to humans sitting in the batteries, right? And then why, why are we doing all this when a hundred years ago things were invented that we don't even need to do any of these things? The reason why we're doing it is because we're so closed in our mind, we are so wanting the acceptance of everybody else around us that we accept that what the status quo is, is the truth. 
And God's way of love organization is not going to do that. Make sense? Not going to do that anymore. We're going to challenge you to expand that thing there so that it can actually start to feel the size of your soul and what your soul is capable of achieving. Sorry, I'm running off there. Just thinking of all these pages. You can read this document on the net, so, so don't panic. I just thought create. perhaps it might be beneficial just to uh, talk about the structure. Oh, yes, okay. And what parts of the structure? <laughs> what parts of the structure, mate? Uh, I just thought if we um, talk about the organisation, learning centres. Oh, yes, yes. Gotcha. <coughs> So what we've done is we've created a uh, we've created an organisation which has three three primary objectives uh, or three primary things that will be occurring. Firstly, we will set up what are called learning centres. These are physical locations on the earth, anywhere on the earth. We we have it. We don't care. It's the middle of the desert. Right? Anywhere on the earth, as long as it's going to be in a place where we feel is going to have some kind of longevity to it, because we want it to be, as we work on it, we want it to grow and change, and we want it to grow and change over years of time. These learning centres uh, will be places where people can come from anywhere in the world, if they wish, to learn about the truth. But they won't necessarily be able to stay there, although there may be some people living there, um, generally, people will just come there to learn learn things. They'll be set up to learn to learn, and they'll be set up to learn the same way as we learn in the spirit world, which is through experience, through personal experience. So rather than sitting down in the desk, you know, uh, or even sitting down like you're sitting down now, uh, listening to something, you'll actually be putting it into practice every moment. Something will be in practice, so it'll be an experiential process of learning. Very similar to how a child learns. Yeah, same way a child learns their walk, basically. Same process, right? Now, at the moment, there are um, two locations that uh, it's looking like we'll be able to set up in the next few months. Uh, one is here in, what would you call it? Is it Cushney or Wilkesdale? Where's it, Fred? Is it Cushney or Wilkesdale? <laughs> right, okay. So, so let's call it Cushney then. I've been calling it Wilkesdale. But it's Cushney, which is near, it's only two kilometres from our home. It's 600 acres. And there are currently five current owners to the property. And those people all wish, once the organisation, the God's Way of Love organisation, gets income tax exemption, which we expect to happen over the coming months, we've already applied for it, and it's just going through a process that it needs to go through. Once uh, that happens, then those owners have decided to sue the God's Way of Love organisation. So that property will become one of the learning centres. It's here in Queensland, uh, from Mergen, it's around about uh, half an hour drive from here. Does that make sense? Many of you have been on it or seen it already, so you know what's there. The second property is going to, at this stage, looking like it's going to be down at Kentucky, which is halfway in between uh, Armadale and Tamworth in New South Wales. It's uh, 1,000 acres, 
and uh, it's currently owned by some people who are following, the, uh, are desiring to follow the Divine Love Path, and uh, and it's, they have also some other acreage, around 15,000 acres, and they're hoping to also turn their property into a very similar place, so, so this will be abutting uh, one of their properties uh, if we can purchase it. The Kushni property, um, I think the purchase of that was around about uh, 420,000 or so, wasn't it, Brad? For a, for a group of five people who have paid. And this property here, the purchase of that, is going to be around about 900,000. And already there's been some people who have been talking to me about donating the funds to actually buy that property. So they will be the first, probably, two learning centres that we will be setting up. Um, it's a pretty awesome gift, isn't it? These they're amazing are gifts, aren't they? By those people, don't you feel? So all the way. Yeah. Now, at the moment, a lot of people who have been listening to all these presentations, they will think I already own these properties, or that our our organisation owns it, that is not true. At the moment, we do not own any property at, at all. Myself and Mary own one property, which is the 40 acres that we live in. And aside from that, there is no ownership of any other property at this point. And the God's Way of Love organisation has only been set up last month. And so it has, has yet to receive any property. And in fact, yesterday was the first donation that you gave to the Gulf's Way of Love organisation. Does that make sense? Up until that, myself and Mary have been paying for all of its setup structure and all those kind of things, uh, which is a part of our desire, and that will continue until such a time as it can support itself. That's the, that's the goal. So the other two learning centres. Is there any questions about the learning centres and their locations? We'll just have a guess then. No questions at all? Rita. Uh, I have a question. In which time span can it happen? Uh, we can start work on the learning centre in Kushni two weeks time. Okay. And the other question was to what you said before, creating God's world on earth. You mentioned previously in a tape that in 100 years the world can change to that. I'm thinking the entire world and everyone on it. Yeah, so in which time span? Oh, it is in 100 years, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful. But it depends on the free will yeah, of each individual, course. doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So we can't say for certain because the free will of each individual is in play. Yes. Okay, thank you. But, but the learning centres are initially mine and Mary's free will. So we can do a lot there if we can get things started there. Now, myself and Mary are the founding members of the God's Way of Love organisation. At this point, uh, we haven't got any other members of the organisation, and we are only going to do membership by invitation. And the reason why we're doing it that way is because in the end, if thousands of people want to be members, by law, we have to have a person maintaining a membership register which means keeping up-to-date addresses and phone numbers and all those kind of things for thousands of people. 
and you can imagine that would be a full-time job for somebody, or maybe even more than one person, and we don't want to waste person's time with having huge memberships. The reason, the reason we have members is because we're dictated to by a certain structure under law that we have to create like an organisation. It needs to have members. Frankly, we feel like everyone is welcome at a learning centre. Yeah. It doesn't matter on the path, off the path, you know. The public, any person any member of the public on the planet who wishes or desires to learn about truth or love is welcome at the learning centre. Any person. And any person is welcome to volunteer to do any work there or to be a part of any team or if they be a part of any project. Of course, they might get some challenges emotionally in the process, right? But any person is, is able to be involved in any way possible. So there is no need to be a member in order to participate. That's what I'm saying. However, the membership have a particular role. We'll talk about those roles a bit later. Because the role of the membership is to make sure the directors follow the constitution of the organisation. And so the membership, the people who we'll be inviting as members, will need to be passionate about the organisation, the constitution. And they'll also need to have a very good soul-based understanding about what the goals of the organisation are. And that's why we're going to invite people to become members. And if something happens to myself and Mary, and the only people that can ever change the constitution of the organisation is another is a person who's an associate member at one with God. So um, that might be a little time in coming, and if, if, if something happens to myself and Mary before that time comes, then the constitution cannot be changed under any circumstances. So what you read in it now will not change unless either myself or Mary change it, or any person that's appointed as an associate member at one with God changes it, which allows it to grow in harmony with God's laws and principles. So there are the two learning centres at the moment. We expect eventually that there'll be a lot of different learning centres set up by people's desires all the way around the world. And if it's in other countries, obviously we need to set up non-profit organisations in other countries until such a time as the governments no longer need those kind of things set up. Does that make sense? So, the other two centres that we've, that we've got, or that we're looking at at the moment. The first one, every one of the people who are involved with the current ownership of the first one is very keen, are very keen for it to become a learning centre. And this, the second one, the current owners of Kentucky are very keen for it to become a learning centre. But it will depend to a degree, they, they have the property under mortgage and that's the reason why we need to find some funds to pay out those mortgages so that we can actually have the property under, under the control of the God's Way of Love organisation. this belief like um, well I guess it's like a hope uh, I think because of my rebellion sort of stuff um, that when earth changes and everything happens that there will be no councils, no laws of any kind like human laws or whatever um, well, that may be the case it? like obviously maintaining law and order in a, in a situation where there's huge devastation on earth is going to be quite difficult. Yeah. And so what you say may be true. But I, I don't know why you wish for it, because in the end, the, the law and order provided by governments 
in a lot of ways is very beneficial to us and, and gives us many benefits that we currently are not honouring. And yes. this is where we need to have love for what we currently are receiving from our, from the government that we have. Yeah, there's a lot of anger in it like, yeah. from me. Um, so yeah, uh, but do you do you see these things continuing on? Like I've just sort of had the belief, like, um, oh well, I don't fully believe um, about, um, to do with the financial crisis happening or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I've sort of had the belief that. Oh, once the money's gone, then no one will want to be on the council, you know. Of uh, course. Um, but do you see those things continuing? Uh, there'll, there'll be some attempts to maintain the law and order by government, but obviously once a certain level of damage occurs to the economy, then it becomes very, very difficult for governments to maintain control. And as a result, it's going to be... Re then go back down to communities and what kind of principles they want to live by as to what governs their certain environment. So at the end of the day, we'll go through this probably cycle where the government no longer has a mechanism for control because of the damage that's been done to it through the damage to the environment. And then as a result of that, uh, so when I'm talking about the damage to the environment, I'm talking about changes that happen on the earth physically that damage our environment in such a way and damage the economic system in such a way that control is difficult to maintain from a central location. And as a result, communities like the community here in Bergen will have a lot of self-governance. And how that self-governance occurs is going to be very dependent on the condition of the community itself. And so in some communities, they might have a council, and they might have rules, and they might have regulations and laws that we have to follow. In other communities, it might be very different, depending on how much love is in each community as to how that would be applied. Any other questions? Okay. The second thing we're setting up is learning projects. So on the learning centres, and that says learning projects, believe it or not, now on the learning centres, there will be projects that we'll be setting up to enable people to learn. And the projects will be wide-ranging projects, right the way from projects involving music, art, theatre, and all of those kind of things, right the way through to scientific projects, energy-based projects, and right the way through to soil improvement, land improvement, uh, construction projects, and so forth. There'll be just this wide range of projects. Actually, on the table there, I've listed all the different project groups, haven't I? I've grouped the projects. And yeah, we might just write some of them down if we can. So what is, what is the first? So, so there's arts. Uh, let me see some. I'll go for the got these, the projects we've got are grouped into these areas, we'll mention every one of them. So we've got the group of the arts projects, which includes music, uh, drama, theatre, all those kinds of things. In fact, what we envisage happening is groups of people who are interested in theatre, just going to schools, giving a play, you know, all those kind of things, all around the community, 
all, but all related to love in some way. All, all of the, th the themes will be related to love and truth in some way. We've got flora projects. Those kind of projects all revolve around all parts of the flora system. So and, and all of the plants that uh, we might plant, right the way from grasses, right the way through huge trees, and all the, all the things associated with that, such as nurseries, nursery for the plants, collection of seeds, and all those other things, all involved in the flora projects that would be created. And, yeah. and this land obviously has been very damaged, and so it gives us the opportunity to show about regeneration of land, and how when we work in harmony with love and deal with our emotions, how that process can be speeded up quite a lot. Yeah. So there will be a sole focus, an S-O-U-L focus, on all, in all of these areas, the focus will always be on our soul. What our soul, what emotions are in our soul and how that affects the land, how that affects the arts, how it affects the flora, how it affects the fauna and so forth. There'll be fauna projects. The pro those projects are involved about getting back the wildlife that used to be in a location back to the location. There'll be projects involved in creating places for them to nest and breed along with have food sources and shelter sources and so forth. So there'll be quite a lot of those kind of projects in terms of the regeneration of the land and getting the animals back that we've, that we've lost. Many of them in Australia and in other countries have become extinct and uh, we want to create environments for extinct animals because we expect in the future that we'll be able to recreate some of them, right? So, at the moment, the technology exists to do some of this without the life force being present. And what we want to do is, uh, is do some of that so that in the end, a lot of the, the, a lot of the animals, the furs and, and other creatures that have been lost to human society will come back to us. Uh, but we, want, we need to first generate the location where they can come to. And many of us are very familiar with the idea that our soul condition has affected a lot of damage around us, yeah? So obviously that's why we're having a soul focus always. We're dealing with repentance about the ways we've taken from land, from animals, as well as um, dealing with our current emotions about the land, what we want, take, lots of things. But we're also trying to support, as, a, as an extension of love, support that process. So we're changing our soul, always acknowledging it, that that is the primary uh, thing that affects everything around us. But we're also in the process of doing that, trying to support and regenerate in physical ways. Yep. Have I explained yeah, that adequately? So. Yeah. Does everyone understand what Mary was saying there? Because, uh, um, you know, why, why am I building a nesting box? If I clear my emotions, the birds are going to come, aren't they? But, the, but if they come and they've got nowhere to breathe, they're not going to live for very long, are they? So, so we can fix the emotion and the birds come, but then they've got nowhere to breathe and they're going to die. So we need to also do some physical things to fix what man has done as damage to the environment, to enable them to continue to breathe and live and so forth. So there's a lot of projects involving the fauna project, so if you love animals and birds and so forth, that might be an area of passion that you're quite interested in. There'll be energy projects that are revolving around creation of free energy sources that are relatively easy to generate. They won't be solar or wind based, they'll be cosmic uh, energy based. 
and uh, we want to focus on them first and then some other forms of energy that are available in the spirit world. And the, the key there is going to have the people who are interested in that team or area. If you have a scientific bent or an engineering bent or an electronics bent, you might be attracted to that area, but you're going to have to learn to expand your mind a lot from your current conceptions because uh, there is a lot of uh, things that can be done quite simply as long as we have a lot more open mind about them. There'll be uh, projects involving water. There'll be things like water course management, water collection for human consumption, and water uh, collection for the purpose of regenerating land and so forth. Not only that, there'll be water, uh, how to keep water on the property. So, so there'll be all sorts of things about that we'll be going through about designing systems to actually create stores of water under the ground automatically. Um, so the water doesn't run off the property and, and down the water courses out to sea and so forth. So that's all to do with the water projects. Waste, we'll be looking at human waste as well as waste associated with toxic waste. We want to get to a point where we can process radiative waste as well as uh, all other forms of waste, chemical based toxins and so forth along with our normal human waste that we might have. And we want to have the policy that anything that comes onto the property is dealt with, On we, we deal with all of our own waste. We don't dump or put anything out. So we want to get to a stage on the properties where anything that is, where any waste that's created on the properties has to be dealt with on the property. We're, so you see, the world is so used to getting our waste you know, we get all of our plastic bags and plastic rubbish and everything else that's wrapping up everything. And what do we do with it? We take it down off of my property, because I don't want to lock my property, literally my property, and I take it down to the rubbish bin. And where does that go? It goes into some else, some other location property, and gets buried under the ground or whatever else, and the toxins leach and away it goes. That's what happens right now. We want to stop that entire process and take full responsibility for our own actions right across the board, including all the creations of what we create in terms of waste. Does that make sense? So there'll be a team or projects associated with waste. Technology, this is a bit different than energy in the sense that the energy will have an energy focus. Technology will be focused on all other forms of technology. Right the way through to anti-gravitational things and all other forms of uh, technology that people might eventually become interested in. Even communication, things like communication telepathically and all of those kind of things will be investigated under this area of technology. Do you follow me? Soil. Soil is one of the main problems that we're having on the planet. And many of you may uh, know that, that because the soil is being, being so degraded, our own bodies are struggling to, to exist because of the mineral contents being out of harmony with what's in the soil and so forth. And we want to spend a lot of time on writing the imbalances in the soil and understanding the soil as a living thing. And, uh, and so that's going to be a very important part of some of the projects. And the land itself, we're there, we're talking about planning how the land is used as a, as a resource, but in terms of loving it. At the moment, we, uh, human society clean, clears out the land. We, we get changed usually between two bulldozers and bulldoze a whole section of land 
we pile all the trees that were there up and burn it. Uh, so all of those, uh, all our trees and everything are wasted. And then what we do is we plant it, feed it with fertiliser, plant it again, feed it with fertiliser, plant it again. And after 10 or 15 years, a lot of the topsoil is blown away, a lot of the resources of the land is gone. And then we develop it, we put houses on it in, in ways that are really out of harmony with loving the environment. And, and in the end, this area of projects, we want to look at writing a lot of those things, fixing a lot of those areas. Does that make sense? Yeah? You get the idea that it's a sort of fairly wide scope of things? And surely some of your passions would be involved in some of these projects, yes? Many of you will have passions in more than one project, will you not? And if that's the case, that's fine. There's no, no rules as to how many projects you could be involved in, as long as you're passionate about it. And uh, we'll talk about how they will be uh, managed after the break, but uh, it's very important to understand that there is no limitations on how you can be involved and how much you want to be involved, whether you want to be involved at all. We'll still love you even if you don't want to be involved. Uh, and uh, we'll still love you even if you try to be involved in all night and wreck yourself in the process. We'll still love you then too. We, don't, we want you to love yourself, right? So. Now, the third area, um, where we'll be focusing on. They actually have quite a, they're all related. They're all related, yeah. We'll be they support each other. Learning teams. The purpose of the learning teams is to construct an environment where you have to interact with other people. And how many of you don't want to do that? And so uh, it constructs an environment where the law of attraction starts working perfectly in the interactions with people. And remember, the learning teams will have, co they'll have the same, the people in the learning teams will probably have the same or similar passions. Right? But you'll all have different ways and different emotional healing to do and all that kind of stuff which will interfere with those passions. Now, the, learning, the goals of the learning teams is to actually assist and work together on the learning projects. Does that make sense? So we construct a project where three or four or five different teams have to work together. And you've got all of these competing things going on, all of these different emotions in play, and hopefully it's a great way to actually work our way through a lot of things and bring, bring our own emotional state into harmony. Now we've divided the learning teams into two primary sections. The first uh, section is an action teams. Both are really action teams, but the first we're calling the first section action teams. Action teams are focused on the external community more than they're focused on the internal operation of the organisation. By that we mean the action team, whatever the action teams learn and, and do, will eventually, we feel there will be a demand in the external community to know about those things. And part of the role of the action teams will be to go and teach people who want to learn about that particular area or field of endeavour. Does that make sense to everyone? The second type of team will be a service team. And the service team role is primarily to uh, serve the organisation itself. So in other words, it will do things for the, for the smooth operation of the organisation. Does that make sense to everyone? And, uh, and so there's very different roles in some of them. If we can illustrate maybe a few. 
Do you want to list them? I'll write some of the service teams. As I said, most of this information will be on the net after we've done so. Um Because actually one of your homeworks is going to be 
to go away and work out what you think should be in each team. Does that make sense? Production, the production team at the moment is doing the things uh, currently like producing DVDs, distributing DVDs, distributing sound, CDs and so forth, all of those kind of production type things, getting the information that is collected and producing it into a form that can be then easily viewed and, and presented. There's a public relations team, not for the sake of uh, making uh, advertising or, or marketing, but rather just for the point that there'll be questions from people in the public that they want answered, and the public relations team will just be the first persons who they talk to to give them those answers that they want. The records team is going to be a very important team. It includes documentation, cataloguing of the documentation, and storage of the documentation, because we want a record of everything that happens and why it happens. We want to know why something happened on the property, what kind of soul changes were made, and look at the results. We want to document the before and the after because we want to illustrate the truth through scientific evidence. Does that make sense? And the documentation team has the ability to do that. Uh, the safety team, well that's an act of love in terms of uh, keeping everybody who's working on the centre safe and, and looking after their, their personal welfare and safety. Obviously everything that happens on the centre will be by volunteers and donations and so for that reason we have a, and, and not only just for that reason, but we have a, a duty of care for every person who comes on the property, make sure they're looked after and cared for, and they don't do dangerous things and so forth to harm themselves. Does that make sense? So they are the service teams. The action teams are more to do with what we'll be wanting to do in terms of the bigger picture worldwide, rather than just looking after the organisation. That's the focus of the action team. So the service teams are serving the organisation. The action team is serving the community at large. Do you understand the difference between that? And so the action teams are those kind of teams that we've mentioned. The arts, community, development, construction, environment, mass science, and everything to do with the human soul. So they are the focus of the Which the includes like a lot of the issues across the lifespan, if you like. So birth, right away from conception, really. education, yeah. all of those things. All that stuff. Yeah. So each one of those has a very wide focus. And initially, uh, we feel it'll take a little while for many of those ones to get established. Uh, some of them will get established fairly soon, some of the action teams. Uh, we've already started establishing some of them right now. Uh, but as time goes on, more and more people will be attracted, and as a result, some of them will have different expertise in different areas, with different passions in those areas, and what we'll do is encourage them to, to seek out those passions and, and, then, and work in harmony with divine truth and divine love with them. So, was it you? Yeah. Um, AJ Mary, where does um, children and education fit into the organisation? In the soul. I, I wondered that in some yeah. yeah. Thanks. We wanted to make that a fairly wide uh, area because it's to do with all side types of human process, right away from living here on earth, right away into the spirit world as well. We wanted to involve spirits in the process. Uh, so there's very, uh, it, the soul area is going to have a very wide variety of teams, if you like, or sub-teams associated with it. 
Do you, we, we tried to, but it became unwieldy. We tried to break them up into different areas that we knew would uh, be be available pretty much uh, straight away. But the problem with that is that there are so many different areas that you finish up with hundreds and hundreds of different areas to manage, and it's much more difficult to manage that from a from a top level management perspective. All right. Are there any questions about things? If we go over to Can I just um, ask you guys, there was another team that AJU mentioned about natural disasters. Where would that fit? Um, where, yeah. Knowledge about sort of learning. About when you say natural disasters, there's a number of different facets of the natural disaster. There's, there's the responding to the disaster in a human way, which we feel would come under community, where, where basically we're, you know, we're caring for the community, we're giving things as a non-profit organisation giving things to the community. So if there's a flood in Bergen, yeah. the community learning team might go, okay, let's go down and you know, help them. But then with a lot of natural disasters, there's also a clean-up process, a clean-up phase, where the environment team might be more involved in that, like in terms of how to make it, get everything back and get plants planted and trees re-established and all those kind of things. And then there's the construction phase, usually after a natural disaster, where people need places to live, and so, so, so an event such as a natural disaster may have many teams involved in that event. Yeah. Uh, if we come just in front and then up to Tim up the back. Um, will, will there be a, like an area where you can do healing for animals? Healing for animals? Well, every one of these areas uh, will have different things involved in them. Now, the environment area is an area where that will be involved with the plants, the animals, the ecosystems, and, and every single area will be applying the principles of divine love and divine truth. So there'll be healing occurring in all the areas at some point. And when I say healing, I'm not just talking about the general emotional healing. I'm talking about physical healing as well. Once we become a one with God, obviously we'll be able to heal animals, we'll be able to heal people, and so forth. And so, so what we want to do is, that, that'll be encompassed in all the areas. Does that make sense? There's no limit to one area where we would be limited in, in that regard. So we've just got to expand our minds a fair bit here and understand that there's every single area has a very large scope of activity and there will be many of the day-to-day -day things that will become a part of your life will be involved in many of these areas. So we just need to open up our minds to that. Uh, Tim? Um, yeah, just a quick one. Um, how and when can we offer our services? And that's two weeks' time. We're having meetings back here. Um, and we'll discuss more of that after the break. Is that all right? We'll give you very specific uh, details about that after the break. It is time for a break, isn't it? Yeah. So how about we have a break, and uh, then we'll answer a lot of these questions about the nitty-gritties over the, over the coming months. <laughs>